rather than a personal inconvenience. And finally, help me to rest in the truth of Psalm 86:13. Great is your love toward me. You already see the ways I will fall short and mess up. But right now, I consciously tuck your whisper of absolute love for me into the deepest part of my heart. I recognize your love for me is not based on my performance. You love me, warts and all. That's amazing. But what's most amazing is that the Savior of the world would desire a few minutes with me this morning. Lord, help me to forever remember what a gift it is to sit with you like this. Amen.
on down to around six or so. But the beginning of man, and when I the Lord gave me this, I was reading in the book of Genesis yesterday, and I began to think on this. Even me, when I first come to the Lord, what was it like? When I first come to him, one thing I wasn't ashamed. Um, the next thing I realized he was real. <laughs> and I realized there was nothing too hard for him to do. My thought and everything was keep faith. You got to keep the faith. If you believe it can be done. But if you doubt, you, you, you won't be able to make it. Even waiting on him to come back, if you don't keep the faith, you won't be able to go because the enemy going to send things, even people, to make you doubt. He going to tell you things, show you things, that with you it is impossible. Oh, but somebody know this morning, all things are possible with Almighty God that so loved us. He sent his only begotten son, and he yet loved us today. We realize with him all things are possible. And so we keep the faith, which is we keep believing God. We keep believing his word, the Holy Bible. We keep believing what God said in his word concerning us. And as long as we do this, we're going to be all right. We we serving him. Yeah. We're careful. We're doing all we can unto him. And for him the best that we can. And we're depending on his word to bring us through. Because we're standing on his word. And after standing, we're going to stand some more. We're standing on that sure foundation that won't crush. It won't crumble. It won't give in. No matter what. Hallelujah. And so we're thankful Again, this morning unto him, this morning again, we're grateful unto him. We appreciate him. We love him again today. Yeah, because it was him that first loved us. And just like Daryl Petty say, he won't leave us. We'll have to leave him. He's not going to walk away from us. We will truly have to walk away from him. And that's not what we want to do because we need him. We need him to get through every day, every night. We need him every month, every week. Yeah, every second, every minute. We need God to get through. Because without him, we can't do it. We can't do nothing. And so if we give our all to him, he's worthy of our all. Not sometime when we think about it, uh, we and our need no. He deserves our all, all day, every day. No matter what's going on, good or bad, he deserves our all. Yeah. He deserves us keeping our mind on him, fellowshipping with him in prayer, communing in him, with him in prayer, talking to him about things that's going on. Not just all our bad stuff we're having problems with. But sometimes it's just good to tell the Lord, thank you. God, I thank you. I don't know which way we're going today. Lord, I, I, I don't know what's up. I, I don't know my next move. But, Father, I know you're able to see me through, and I thank you. 
Lord, I thank you for whatever you want to tell them thank you for. Sometimes I go way back in the day telling them thank you. <laughs> he's that kind of God, and he's been good to me. And I remember things, even as a child, I didn't understand, but I knew I know now was nobody but you, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you, God. Things could have been so much worse. But I'm at peace. I'm, I have joy. I'm happy. Sometimes I have to go back and repent for things I remember. See, he don't remember this stuff because when you first came to him and asked him for forgiveness, that's what he did. He forgave us. He put it in the sea of forgetfulness. He don't remember it no more. Yeah, he put it as far as the east is from the west. But we'll remember things. And when I remember things, I go straight to him. Lord, forgive me for that. Forgive me, God. Yeah. Things I said last night, forgive me. Yeah. Knowing and unknowing, I've, I've said or done something. So, Father, forgive me and remind me what I've done. Hallelujah. Because we have to take self-inventory daily. It's a good thing to do that. Because when we take self-inventory, I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll show you the errors of your ways. See, I'm not worried about nobody else's errors. I'm worried about my own. I can't fix their stuff, but I can fix mine. Hallelujah. Because I have a desire to walk upright and live right before Almighty God that have our power. There's none like him. None like him. And so I'm so grateful, thankful unto God today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, we are going to um, to take a listen to put God first. And uh, after we come back from uh, put God first. We want to go in and take a listen uh, today to Evangelist Carter Colon. And uh, he's preaching the last of the last days. And so we want to take a listen uh, to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, we thank God for his word today because, see, that word is what's going to keep us when we keep it. When we keep the word of God, it keeps us. Yeah. When I read it, it keep me in a get me in a place of happiness, believing. I'm soaking it in because I need it. Hallelujah. Not just the blessings of the God of God that I'm chasing after. But the instructions of God is what I need today. Oh yes I do. And I need the strength to apply his instructions to my everyday life, just the way he wants me to live. So I have to go to him and ask for instructions. And sometimes I remind the Lord, Lord, you said you, you, would, you didn't want me to be ignorant. I'm asking you for understanding. I'm asking you for knowledge. I'm asking you for wisdom of your word and the way you want me to apply it to my everyday life. Help me today, God. Help me today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like him. Oh, yeah, we can search all over. We won't find nobody. 
Nobody greater than Almighty God. He loves us today. He won't leave us. No matter what we do, he won't leave. You got to leave him. And many times when we mess up, we leave. We think we done did so bad. Oh, he can't forgive me for this. Yes, he can. And he will. But you got to open your mouth to him and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me. I know what I did. That was wrong, Lord. Help me. And Lord, when it come back around, don't let it find me in the same place. But that I have moved on in you. You swept the house clean. And I refuse to let anything dirty back in there. Hallelujah. So forgive me. Clean me up, Lord. And help me to walk up right before you daily. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to get started and uh, take a listen to put God first. And then we're coming back with, again, Evangelist Carter Colon. Hallelujah. The last of the last days. Thank you, Jesus. Did you know that whether you are fully aware or not, you have placed something first in your life? Have you ever stopped to consider what occupies that prime spot in your heart and whether or not it truly deserves that honor? Today, I want to urge you to put God first in your life. Let us delve into God's Word to truly understand the profound impact of making Him the center of our lives. I am also going to pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. Now consider this. Every decision, every action, and every thought reflects what we value most. The choices we make daily are a mirror to our soul's deepest desires and priorities. But you know what? We should always ensure that we put God first in all that we do. When we truly place Him at the forefront of our lives, we experience a transformation so profound that our lives will never be the same. Today, I want to share with you nine essential truths to keep in mind as we seek to ensure that we've put God first in our lives. As we discuss these nine truths, I pray that each one will resonate deeply within you guiding your path closer to God's heart. Remember, a life centered around God is not just rewarding. It's the very essence of true fulfillment in your life. Number one, understand the ultimate priority. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This isn't a mere statement. It's a profound truth. Every day, life presents us with an array of choices. It's like being at a grand buffet with so many dishes to pick from. What do you prioritize? The world offers temporary pleasures, wealth, fame, luxury, and all the material stuff you can think of. But what does God offer? God offers himself which covers everything. When we prioritize God, we aren't merely adding Him to our list. We are placing Him at the top. By aligning ourselves with God's purpose, our entire perspective shifts. Life's challenges 
rather than appearing as insurmountable obstacles, become lessons. They evolve into opportunities for growth and self-discovery. And you know what's interesting? When we place God first, everything else falls into place. It's like that void we once had. It's filled, that deep emptiness within us. Like there's something missing, it's gone. Because when we place God first, we begin to find fulfillment in His love and purpose. It's one thing for me to tell you. But my friends, experiencing it for yourself is another thing. It's life-changing in a tangible way. Once you place God first and feel that fulfillment personally, no one can sway your conviction, just like no one can persuade me otherwise, because I've felt and seen the power of God at work in my own life and in the lives of others. And that's what makes the Daily Jesus devotional community so unique on this platform. We aren't here for superficial reasons. We are deeply committed to spreading the gospel and transforming lives because we've witnessed God's power firsthand. Our team members have all walked that path. And we invite you daily to join us on this life-changing journey towards a deeper connection with God and to live a victorious life. And here's something else to think about. Remember the story of Noah and the ark? God told Noah to build an enormous boat because a flood was coming. People laughed and thought Noah was silly, but Noah listened to God, put him first, and built the ark. When the flood came, Noah and his family were safe. Just like Noah, when we listen to God and put him first, we're protected and guided. Even when things get tough or confusing, having God as our top priority helps us stay strong hopeful and filled with peace. So, let's be like Noah and keep choosing God and putting Him first. With God leading the way, our lives are always on the right track. Number two, there is the gravity of idolatry. As the book of Exodus warns us in chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. On the surface, this may sound straightforward, most of us might say, I don't worship idols, so this doesn't apply to me. But let's dig deeper. Idolatry isn't just about bowing to statues. It's about what occupies the throne of our heart. Is it money? Career? Relationships? Social status? Oftentimes, without even realizing it, these things take God's place in our lives. Every time we prioritize our desires, our fears, or the world's approval over God's voice, we place something else in His rightful position. Sometimes it may be unintentional, but that still doesn't change the reality. It's therefore essential to regularly examine our hearts and realign our priorities. By recognizing and dethroning these idols in our lives, we clear a path for God to take His rightful place. Let's think about the story of Jonah for a moment. Most of us are familiar with this story. Jonah tried to run from God's command, prioritizing his own feelings and fears over God's guidance. He ended up in the belly of a big fish. Yet, in that dark place, Jonah found clarity. 
He prayed and turned his heart back to God. And God, in his endless mercy, gave Jonah another chance. Just like Jonah, we too can find ourselves in tricky situations when we let other things take the place of God in our lives. But the beautiful thing is that God always gives us a way back. If we take a moment, refocus, and push aside the idols that have crept into our lives, we can begin to experience the joy and peace that comes from truly putting God first. Our God is faithful and full of mercy. After all, as Psalm 37 verse 4 reminds us, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. This Bible verse offers us a promise worth holding on to. Number three, know about the transformative power of divine guidance. Proverbs beautifully echoes this in chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. This isn't mere advice. It's a life principle. In our journey through life, we often come across crossroads, moments of uncertainty, and periods of darkness. We all do. It's in these moments that our human understanding feels woefully inadequate. But there's a promise awaiting us. We are promised of God's divine guidance. When we fully trust in God and acknowledge Him, He doesn't just enlighten our path. He leads us by the hand. This guidance isn't about merely avoiding pitfalls. It's about being directed towards a life of abundance and purpose. It's about embracing a journey where every turn, every twist, and every pause has divine intent behind it. Reflecting on the story of David and Goliath offers profound insight into divine guidance. As a young shepherd boy, David faced the towering giant, Goliath. By human understanding, David had no chance. He was not a trained soldier, and he did not have the size or strength of Goliath. But David wasn't relying on his own understanding. He trusted in the Lord. In the book of 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, with a simple sling and five smooth stones, he confronted the giant, saying, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. With God's guidance, David defeated Goliath and demonstrated that divine guidance and trust in the Lord could overcome even the most insurmountable challenges. This story encourages us to remember that when we trust in God's guidance, when we put God first, we can face our giants, no matter how big they seem. God is always ready to guide us, making our paths straight and leading us to victory. Number four, reordering our priorities is crucial. In Luke 10, verses 41 to 42, we find a lesson on priorities. When Jesus told Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He was pointing out the essence of priorities. Life is bustling, filled with tasks, responsibilities, and distractions. In the midst of this, it's easy to forget the most crucial aspect, our spiritual well-being. 
The dishes will always be there. The laundry will pile up again, and the emails will keep coming. But the moments that we spend at the feet of Jesus, those are irreplaceable. It's a lesson for all of us. While we shouldn't neglect our chores and responsibilities, it's vital to ensure they don't overshadow our relationship with God. By regularly reordering our priorities, we ensure a balanced, fulfilling life where both spiritual and worldly responsibilities are harmoniously balanced. Taking a leaf from the book of Psalms, we are reminded in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God in our fast-paced world. Stillness is often overlooked, yet it's in these quiet moments that we can genuinely connect with God and hear His voice. Think of the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. After witnessing powerful events like fire and earthquake, God's voice came to him, not in the grand spectacles, but in a gentle whisper. This emphasizes the importance of quiet moments away from the clatter and clamor of daily life. By making time for God in our busy schedules, by being still and listening, we give Him the space to speak to our hearts and guide us. This doesn't mean quitting our jobs or abandoning our chores. It means setting aside purposeful moments each day, even if it's just a few minutes to sit in His presence. And as we do, our priorities naturally find their rightful order with God at the center. Number five, the joy of a God-centered life. Psalm 16 verse 11 states, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How beautiful is that promise. The world offers pleasures. Yes, but they are temporary. They are like bursts of flavor that quickly fade away. God's joy, on the other hand, is eternal. It sustains, strengthens, and renews. A God-centered life is similar to dwelling in a perpetual spring. Even in the midst of challenges, there's an underlying current of joy. This joy isn't rooted in circumstances, but in a deep-seated relationship with the Creator. With God at the center, life becomes an exciting journey, filled with wonder, adventure, and profound joy. Reflecting on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we see him proclaiming in Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This purity of heart translates to a life free from the entanglements of worldly distractions and temptations. A heart devoted solely to God. Such a heart sees God, not just in grand miracles, but in everyday moments. The smile of a child, the beauty of a sunset, or the kindness of a stranger. A God-centered life brings clarity, like the clear waters of a still pond. Everything becomes a reflection of God's love and goodness. Every experience, good or bad, is an opportunity to draw closer to Him. And in this closeness, in this intimacy with the divine, we find the deepest and most enduring joy. It's a joy that goes beyond mere happiness. It's a joy that resonates in the depths of one's soul, regardless of what's happening around us. Number six, be confident about God's provision and promise. 
the promise in Philippians 4 verse 19 is a beacon of hope. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When we prioritize God, it doesn't mean forsaking our needs, desires, or dreams. Rather, it's entrusting them to someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. God's provision isn't about just fulfilling our needs. It's about exceeding them. It's not about giving us what we want, but what we truly need. Imagine a loving father looking at his child. He doesn't just provide for the child's basic needs, but delights in giving gifts, surprises, and blessings. That's how God views us. By placing him first, we tap into an infinite reservoir of blessings that flow from his throne. Number seven, know the outcome of a divided heart. James 1 verses 6 to 8 cautions. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Duality is a challenge. Trying to balance between God and the world creates instability. Like trying to stand on two boats, drifting in opposite directions. By serving two masters, we become spiritually lukewarm, neither here nor there. But by giving God our undivided heart, we find solidity, stability, and purpose. Our choices become clear, our path becomes defined, and our destiny becomes aligned with his perfect will. Number eight, understand life's true purpose. Have you ever grappled with the whole thought of why you are here? Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 sums up the essence of our existence, and it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Amidst the noise of the world, it's easy to lose sight of our true purpose. Are we here just to live, earn, spend and then fade away? Or is there a higher purpose to our lives, a divine calling? By honoring God and following His commandments, we align ourselves with this higher purpose. Life, then, isn't just about living. It's about thriving. It's about making a difference, touching lives and leaving a legacy of faith, hope and love. Embracing this truth brings clarity to our journey in life and adds meaning to every step we take. So remember, we are here to fear God and keep His commandments. And to do this, we have to put God first. Number nine, know about the unmatched reward. Jesus made a profound promise in Mark 10 verses 29 to 30. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. So this isn't a transactional relationship. 
It's a covenant. When we prioritize God, the rewards aren't just spiritual. They manifest in our everyday lives. We will notice that blessings, favor, open doors, and divine connections become a part of our daily experiences. Above all, the promise of eternal life awaits us. It's an eternity, not just of existence, but of joy, love, and unparalleled communion with God. And does this mean that we won't ever face opposition, discrimination, or persecution because of our faith? No, it doesn't mean that either. Jesus consistently taught that following him might lead to suffering, and this scripture also underscores that message. However, amidst these challenges, when we put God first, we are also assured of victory through Christ who strengthens and uplifts us in every trial. In other words, the enemy won't have the final say. God does. Let us look again at the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. After squandering his inheritance and living a life away from his father, the son decides to return home, expecting rebuke. He is instead met with an overwhelming embrace and celebration from his father. This story illustrates God's grace and the unmatched reward awaiting those who return to him. Just like the father who throws a grand celebration for his returned son, God celebrates each of us. The reward is not based on our worthiness, but on his boundless love. Know that every sacrifice made, every challenge faced in the name of faith, is recognized and rewarded by God. And beyond the material and tangible, there lies the profound peace and joy of knowing we are cherished and valued. The rewards God offers aren't just for a moment. They echo into eternity, shaping our existence beyond this life. Now, in Revelation 3 verse 20, God extends an open invitation saying, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. This isn't about a distant God up in the heavens. It's about a loving Father at our doorstep, waiting to be invited in. It's up to us to make that choice, to open our hearts and let Him reign supreme in our lives. Consider this. The beauty of the gospel lies in its power to transform. When we embrace these truths and place God at the pinnacle of our priorities, our lives experience a profound transformation. So if you believe that you have placed God first in your life and there is no positive transformation, you need to do some introspection and ask for God's guidance and always remember to be patient and trust God's timing. By making God our utmost priority, we move from merely going through the motions to living with purpose and intent. And those challenges we encounter, they evolve into opportunities for growth. As for the blessings, expect them to manifest as daily miracles in your life. The promise is clear. Put God first in your life, and your life will undoubtedly never be the same. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. 
Let us pray to our gracious and loving God, Everlasting Father, Almighty God. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Lord, I am grateful for your faithful promises, your amazing grace, your everlasting love, and your mercies that endures forevermore. Lord, I thank you for the gift of life, and I thank you for the many blessings you have given to me. Father, I humbly approach your throne of grace, acknowledging my sins, my mistakes, and my shortcomings. Forgive me of my trespasses, as I also forgive all those who have trespassed against me. Lord, forgive me for the times I've placed other things above you. For moments, I've let the pleasures of this world distract me from your eternal promises. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that every chain of idolatry and distraction in my life is broken, and I rebuke every spirit of confusion and worldly temptation that tries to pull me away from your presence by the authority of the blood of Jesus. I claim emotional, physical, and spiritual healing over every part of my being. I declare, in the name of Jesus, that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead flows through my veins, revitalizing and renewing my spirit, mind, and body. Merciful Father, I pray for divine protection over my life and the life of my loved ones. Lord, I ask that you command your mighty angels to stand guard around us, shielding us from all harm or evil. Father, you are our provider, and I ask for your abundant blessings to overflow in our lives. May you guide our paths and draw us closer to you. Lord, help us to prioritize you above all things and experience the fullness of joy that only you can give. Father, as I say this prayer, together with everyone listening, I thank you for each heart that is humbled before you right now. For those who are feeling lost, may you be their saving grace and guiding light. For those who are burdened, may your Holy Spirit be their comforter and grant them peace. For those struggling with their priorities, may you grant them the conviction to put you first and the discernment to choose what truly matters. And for those in need of your touch, may you bring them healing, vitality, and restoration. Heavenly Father, we come into agreement as a faith-filled community, and we thank you for the rewards and benefits you have promised us. In your word, we ask for the strength and wisdom to always seek your kingdom first to reorder our priorities and to embrace the joy and transformation that comes from your divine guidance. Lord, I thank you for hearing and answering my prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray, Amen. If you were blessed by this message, type the word Amen in the comment section below. I declare that all the blessings of this prayer are now upon you. In the name of Jesus.
You can help us to reach more persons and spread the gospel. You can do this by sharing the video with a friend or family member who you know needs the blessing of this prayer and by clicking the like button. Also remember to subscribe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Put God first. Yeah, put God first. And uh, I thank him this morning for allowing me to find that, to encourage us all to make sure that we put God first. He must be first in our lives. And I'm so sorry I said uh, Pastor Carter Colon, but that's tomorrow of uh, Wednesday. I'm so sorry. Today we are talking about um, the beginning of man over in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and uh, we'll read from the beginning, but it's very important uh, as a believer, a Christian, or the saints of God to go back often, and we must remember the love of God for man. Uh, Today, we'll talk about the beginning of man, and we'll see today man, meaning the generic term, man or woman has not yet given God his or her pure heart. Many haven't. Many have went to the altar, said I do, um, and then they stop right there. They don't go any further. They don't begin to seek God for their soul to be saved, uh, to be prepared when he returns, to work while they're here. Because this is our purpose, I believe, for coming, is to work unto God. He's got all power. There's no higher power. And uh, we must give him our all. So throughout the Bible, we see how the people refuse God and Jesus. And also today, rejection continues. Genesis 2 and 5, in the day when the Lord God made earth and heaven, there were no plants and uh, no plants of the field on the earth and no grass had come up. For the Lord had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to do work on the land. But a mist went up from the earth, watering all the surface of the land. God God hadn't created man yet. So he had a mist to come up from the garden and spray. Yeah, because he didn't have a man to till the ground because he hadn't planted nothing yet. There was no grass, no flowers, nothing. Because if we go back and look in the beginning, the, the, the world was without form. It was void. Nothing was there. And God separated things and put things into place, spoke light into existence, separated the heavens from the earth, the sky from the land. He did that brought forth the sun during the day and the moon at night. Yeah. When he got through, he made man. When he prepared a place for man, he made him. He put everything into place that man would need, food, water. Man didn't need clothes because he didn't know he was naked. Only when Eve was tricked by the enemy and went back and gave Adam uh, the food, so he could be tricked. Their eyes come open, and then they begin to know that they were naked. God called out unto Adam, because see, He made Adam first, and He gave Eve to Adam as a helpmeet. So He called out to Adam, 
And in other words, Adam, where are you? God knew what had went on. Because Adam was hiding. What are you hiding from? I made you, and I made you in a way that you didn't know you need to hide. Didn't know you was naked. And then Adam blamed Eve. The woman you gave me, you see. But today we can't blame anyone for our falling away from God. We can't blame anybody because we have not prayed, we have not studied his word, we don't seek to walk his way in the word of God. We can't blame no one but ourselves. You may have heard me say this before. My dad told me, he said, if you fail to pray and your soul get lost now, it's nobody's fault but yours. I was a girl and he led me to the Lord, my daddy. He led me to the Lord. I can remember as a child, we used to have a big Bible, and it was gold and white, huge Bible. And you know how you put all your relative names and all of that, who was born on this date and who related to whatever. And I saw a picture of this man, and they had crucified him. I didn't know what it was at the time. But I asked my dad, I said, Dad, why are they treating him like this? And my daddy began to explain things to me. I believed right then and there. I believed right then and there. Jesus is, hallelujah, <laughs> the Savior of the world, and he could save me. Yeah, and I always believed. I always did bad, and I always was misbehaving and other things, but I believed. But today, it takes more than just believing. I can't believe that they crucified him for nothing because they were evil. But I got to go past that and find out all the information, what happened, what started all of this. Yeah. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord I was able to figure it out later on and come to God on my own. Hallelujah. Gave everything else a chance, a try. Let me give God a try. And have patience to wait on him. I asked him a few questions. When I knowed anything, he wasn't talking. He was doing. He was working in me. Hallelujah. To get me into a place where I needed to be. I just simply went to him. Because he's not a complicated God. He's a God that even a child can understand. Even a fool can understand. You know what a fool is? Yeah. So... Even his word is plain and simple. A child or a fool can understand it. But in order for us to understand, to know it, and to have wisdom about it, we have to go to him. Ask him for his help. And this is what he will give us. Hallelujah. Understanding. And all you're getting, get understanding. He won't have us ignorant. Hallelujah. So understanding. Get knowledge and wisdom and pray that God teach us in wisdom how to apply his word to our everyday life so that we can not only be a blessing unto us and our family, but we can be a blessing unto us, our family, and strangers, friends, hallelujah, associates, on the job, yeah, even at church sometimes. 
there are those there who could use what God has given to us. It don't make us better than anybody else now. Simply because I come 7 a.m. in the mornings, Monday through Friday, and do Jesus in the morning, it don't make me better than no one else. Yeah, it just makes me want to be obedient and faithful unto God and realize that without him, I'm nothing. And realize I don't get no, what they call them, accolades and pats on the back and highly esteemed and all of that go to him. If I'm do any of that, he will give it to me at the right time. Yeah, I can't exalt myself, but I have to wait on him. And in due time, whatever I'm worthy of, he will exalt me. Hallelujah. And so we're thankful unto him this morning. We're grateful unto him. Again, we give him glory. We give him all the honor and praise. We don't take his honor. We don't take his glory. No, we don't take nothing. We're just simply workers, working unto him because he made us for his pleasure. And we're thankful about it. Hallelujah. We are thankful unto him that he made us because it pleased him. Uh, yeah, and so we give God the glory, the honor, and the praise. We are looking at Genesis chapter 2, and I'm starting at verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Remember I said he made the heavens and the earth, and uh, the earth was void, you know, it didn't have no shape or nothing was in it, and God did all of that. Brought the water out the midst of the garden, uh, uh, out the midst of it and everything. So verse 2 says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Yeah, he was still doing what he was going to do, and he took a rest. He looked at it. It was good. And he rests on the uh, chapter three, I mean, verse three says, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that it, because in it, he had rested from all the work which God created and made. Yeah. Verse four says, these are the generation of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. So what we see, plants and all of these kind of things, God made that. It was not here before. There was no seed that he put in the ground and waited for it to grow. Uh-uh. God made the plant, and there it was. A uh, 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 Boston firm, uh, spider plants, uh, cabbage, uh, egg plant, collard green, whatever, God did it. Now, man, of course, he come back and he mixed some things together. He mixed the orange and a tangerine together and call it a tangelo. So some things he, man put together, but God allowed it. 
but he set the earth in place. He set the heavens in place because it's his. He own it. <laughs> Verse 5 says, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Verse 6 says, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. He didn't have a man to do it, so he created a way. Yeah, he made a way. He gave a way. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. He breathed life into us. Yeah. Verse 8 says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. He planted the garden. God put the garden there eastward of Eden. And then he put, brought Adam, whom he made. He formed him and brought him there. And out of the ground, verse 9, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, all of that was in that in the midst of the garden. Yeah. But he didn't tell us to go to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's not what he said. And the river, verse 10, and the river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. So the river went out of the Eden to water the garden, out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was parted and became into four heads. So look what God did. The name of the first one was Python, that is which compasses the whole land of Havala, where there is gold. So I'm assuming that that part there, God had a, a plan for it. And the goal of the land is good. There is bedellium and the onyx stones. 13 says, and the name of the second river is Gishon. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. I figured this was not, not here. <laughs> yeah. This is like Africa over in that area, Asia over in there. Yeah. 14 says, and the name of the third river is Hidekel. That is it which goeth towards the east of Syria. And the fourth river in Euphrates is, Euph is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now look, he gave Adam a job. Easy job. You just keep the garden. Uh, keep it up because Adam didn't have to plant nothing to my knowledge 
God had already did everything. He planted in the garden trees that was good to look at and trees that bear food for man to eat. Yeah. So all he had to do was to dress it and to keep it. Oh, you see some dead leaves over here, some fruit done fell off over there. Okay, just clean it up. It's already all right. God did everything else. He put everything there that man needed. Yeah. So as we go further and take a look, again, in, in, in verse Fourth, I mean, 15, I'm sorry. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. 16 says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. So he made man. He gave him a place to live. Gave him a job, gave him a, a, a food to eat. Man had everything he needed. He hadn't committed a sin yet. So at this point, man was good. But how many know it take more for us than to be good? We got all the good things God gave us, but it takes more for us because we we got to be more than good. We got to be faithful unto God. We got to be obedient unto him and his word. Because he gave us all that we need and more. Oh, yeah. When we look back, this is love, I promise you. This is the love of God. He made man, and he didn't just make man just to have something to do. But he made man because it pleased him. And God loved man, and so he wanted man to do good and bring forth eventually other men who would love him back. And who would teach others to love God back and to do what's right. God made us for his pleasure. He wanted us to do what was pleasing and acceptable unto him. And he still does today. He yet wants us to love him. He yet wants us to do what pleases him because he made us for his pleasure. It, it, it pleased God to make man. And it should please man to obey God. And to show God his appreciation. Not not just doing what man want to do. Because many won't listen today. They have become lovers of themselves. So they, they might hear the word, but they don't want to obey the word because it's not what they want to do. They want what they want. But this morning, God has said what he meant, and he has meant what he said. He won't take it back because he loves us. He won't take it back because it was his pleasure to make us. It pleased him to make us. He won't take that back. We yet, <clears throat> excuse me, must obey God. 
We yet must follow his lead, follow his word, giving our all, our whole heart. We should give it to God. He has done a lot for us. Made it possible that we could be here this morning. Woke us up, closed in our right mind. There are many woke up this morning, but they're not in their right minds. There are many in mental institutions because they can no longer fend for themselves when it comes to their mind. Some people don't know what day it is, what month it is, who's our president, what year this is. You got some people living in the 20s, and we in 2024. Some people living in 1920. You got some go back as far as the 1600s, 1700s. Because they're remembering things that took, they wasn't there, but they're remembering things that took place back then, and they think it's still for today, 2024. So they show us these people are not in their right minds. So God has done a lot for us. We needed a place to live. He provided shelter. We needed food to eat. He provided food. We needed a job to provide for ourselves and our family. He provided. But we give him the short end of the stick. Because whatever we want, that's what we want. We're not concerned about what God wants. Many times. We don't want to hear the truth. Oh, no. I don't want to hear that they preaching. I don't want to hear that they talking about. I'm talking about I want to be this and I want to do that. that. That's what matters to them. Even those that say they're believers, they're Christians, they're the saints of God, the people of God, the children of God. We need to go back to Genesis ever so often and take a look. Go back to the old path and take a look around. See what God did for us. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Verse 15, verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, said, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat. 17, but the tree, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For the day thou, that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Listen, they were living good. They didn't have anything to worry about. God took care of everything. We all need exercise. We all need to be doing something because the mind, it keeps the mind good. So he gave them a job to dress and to keep it, the garden. Of the tree of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Go ahead and eat. Enjoy yourself. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Guess what? Your eyes going to come open to evil and good. And many times we do bad things and things against God because it feels good to our flesh. 
Yeah. When I was partying and all of that, I, I was enjoying myself. When I went to the club, I went to dance. Oh, I was having a good time. But on my way to hell, having a good time. And when you're in the world and of the world, there's nothing too bad for you to do. You can find yourself caught up in the many things. I, I, I know women got caught up with men, ended up in prison for murder because she was there when he murdered somebody, robbed him and killed him. Or either he sent her in, talked her into going in to rob and kill him. Because when you're in the world, your mind, you don't have anything to keep it. What's keeping your mind? You don't have the power. It's your mind. You're going to do what your mind says. But when we come to God and we give our life to him, he give us his sons. He gave us his son. And once we come to the son, he set us free. Once we receive his son, the son, Jesus Christ, sets us free. The first thing he do, he make us over. We become a new creature. Old things pass away. And behold, all things become new in our lives, in our minds too. We no longer desire the things that will cause us to die, will cause a spiritual death and a natural death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So when we come to God, we knew people, we knew creations, we knew creatures. He set us free, so now we're free. And what we was bound to in the natural, we're no longer bound to that. I was no longer bound to clubbing. I was no longer bound to drinking Crown Royal. I was no longer bound that I had to tote on weed. I was no longer bound to lay with men I wasn't married to. He set me free. I was no longer bound to gossiping, lying, cheating, stealing. I wasn't bound to that anymore. I wasn't bound to money. I wasn't bound to impressing others. I had been set free from all of that. I didn't have to keep up with the latest fashions. What I liked, that's what I wore. As long as I was clean, my hair was clean, I was lotion up, you know. I didn't have to worry about Maybelline and, and, and all these other, Mary Kay and all these other people. There's a black line of makeup. I didn't have to worry about any of that. Because I could now be who God made me. And I wasn't born with red lips, pink lips, white lips. I wasn't born that way. I wasn't born with mascara, eyeliner, fake lashes. I wasn't born with we I wasn't born with any of that. My eyebrows was natural. It was the brows I was born with. Hallelujah. But he told them, don't eat of the tree of good and evil. Eat any every everything you want in here. But that one, stay away from it. 
and 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Now look, God did not make another man. We're going to get to see this. The help me was not another man. He didn't make another man who felt like he was a woman. Or he believed he was born in the wrong body. That's not what God did. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. 19 says, and out of the ground, the Lord gave form. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So Adam named every lion, every monkey, every bear, every mosquito. (laughs) He named every bird. Yeah. Verse 20 says, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air. I'm sorry. He did it to the, 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 the cattle and the fowl of the air. Well, and to every beast of the field, it says. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. Now, God saw that he took care of all of this. He, he told him to take care of He named everything. But when it came to Adam, he didn't have a, a mate. He didn't have nobody. He didn't have a help meet. 21 says, and the Lord God called the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and said there. Once God took that rib out, he closed it, the hole back up. 22 says, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Now, he didn't say he did another man or this person felt like they was a man or felt like they was a woman. But he made a woman from the rib of Adam, opposite of each other. This is what God made. And today, God makes man. I don't care if they wasn't married. They got together and they had sex and they come to baby. God allowed it. They did what it took. What God designed the man body and the female body for to come together to bring forth offspring. Two men won't do it. Two women won't do it. But a man and a woman will bring forth a child. Yeah. So he brought the woman. And look what he did with her. And he brought her unto the man. He gave the woman to the man. We get it twisted many times. He didn't bring the man and give the man to the woman, but he gave the woman to the man. 23 says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And today, the only way a female baby is born is got to have a daddy. 
and they tell me the daddy determines the sex of the child. He says, she is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Man wasn't taken out the woman. The woman was taken from the man. 24 says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be, they shall be one flesh. I know we get it twisted. I know it's 2024, we in the modern day, we more advanced, you know, man has become wickeder and wiser according to his own way, according to what he thinks, according to what he wants to do, and God allows it. Because what you do will punish you. You, you bring punishment to yourself, and we don't even realize this is what we're doing. Because we take no consideration for God or his word. We hear about it, but we keep running on. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now listen. If they're going to be one flesh, I cannot put my dad before my husband. I can't put my mother before my husband. I can't put my children before my husband. Because he and I are one. What makes him hurt makes me hurt. What makes him cry makes me cry. What upsets him upsets me. We're one flesh now. And I know people don't get it. There should be one bank account. Mm. One check and one savings. Mm. If I have life insurance, he should be the beneficiary. Same thing with the wife. She should be the beneficiary. Yep. Nobody come between my husband and I. Because we have become one flesh. And see, a lot of times women choose the wrong men. And it was her choice to choose him. She didn't check it out. She just went on his word and all of this. And what happened is she realized she married the wrong man. He done let her dog lie. And so now if she marry again or get with another man, she want her own this and he have, nope. Stand still. Pray and ask God for healing. Don't move so fast. Because a lot of times women are vulnerable and they're so anxious to have a man. They don't take the time to do what's needed. They don't talk about what needs to be talked about. They, they meet and talk about a few things. Next thing you know, they talk about sex. Next thing you know, they land together. Ain't talked about the plans. Do you believe in God? Do you really believe in God? How do you start your day? When things come up that's against you, how do you handle that? Who is God to you? See, we don't ask the right questions, church-going ladies. 
and we let these men in, bring them around our children. How many cases have you heard where the boyfriend, the living man that she's living with, done killed her babies? How many times have you heard that? How many times have you heard the living man, the boyfriend, that molested the daughter or molested one of her sons? How many times have you heard that? We don't pray the right prayers. We don't ask God to teach us the right things. We don't ask the man the right questions. And a lot of times we get a warning sign, but we bypass that because he is the one I want. He look good. He smell good. He got the right height. He got the right built. Oh, I want him. The reason I can tell you is because I did that. I chose the man off the way he looked. I chose him off the money he made. I didn't ask him nothing about God. Because I was not considering God in this. I was only considering Barbara and what Barbara wanted. I never considered God may not have put this man in my life. The devil may have sent this green-eyed monster. No, I didn't do that. And this is where we mess up and then we accuse everybody but ourselves. He came and he did this when I look at Ike and Tina Turner. Everybody felt sorry for Tina. But nobody looked at the fact that Lorraine was with Ike. Tina wanted what Lorraine had and she got it. So now she's getting the whoopings that Lorraine was getting. She getting tricked like Lorraine was being tricked. But Lorraine started seeing the daylight. She done had babies with Ike, but she started seeing the light. And then to a certain degree, she wasn't going to leave the relationship either, Lorraine. She was going to stay on in there. Yeah. He wasn't a good father. And he wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good man. You see? But you, did you see how it looked? Anybody ever saw the movie, What Love Got to Do With It? Oh, man, he on stage and he's singing good and he looking good and every woman in there want to be with him and want to be in his band and all of this, but no one considered the heart of Act Turner. Who considered his heart? And they went back home to a mama house and started rehearsing, hoping she'd get to be in Ike's band. Because Anna May did not consider God. Many times we don't consider. We see it, we like what we see, we go after it. And many times we don't bring God into it because we know we're wrong. And then we try to make it about him after the fact, that won't do you no good. He must be the God of your life. He must be first in all things. You lean not to your own understanding, Solomon said. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. But how are you going to direct your path and you're not considering him? You're considering what your eyes see, the lust of the eyes. 
Your flesh is lusting. It's nothing about God. Been there, done that. I'm trying to tell you now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't see no God when I saw him. I saw he was bowing one leg. Them jeans hit him just right. Them Timberland boots. He, he did constructions. And I khaki shirt. Almost matched them boots. Oh, yeah. What? The big curls on, 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 you couldn't tell me nothing. I see, he did better than the rest because he came and he went to my dad. See, he got in with my daddy. So if my dad like it, I like it, and I'm considering you a pretty good dude. And he was to a certain extent, but he had childhood issues. I never saw it coming. See, because I didn't have child. I, I wasn't abused by my parents. I was taught about God. You see? And and me and him, to be honest, we was like day and night. He wanted me because I was calm. I could have children. I, I, during this time, I wasn't a hell raiser unless you forced me to be. I didn't bother people. I stayed to myself, training my children and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Not the living girlfriend, not the girlfriend, not the living boyfriend, not the boyfriend. But he said that man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So what does that tell me, Barbara? He going to provide. He going to have the house. He going to have the car. He going to have the money we need to insure. He going to have everything we need to be husband and wife and raise a family and be in a good spot. Now, let me tell you about this. After I was separated from this man for almost, what, 32 years. 30 years, I think, 30 years. I didn't know I wasn't divorced because he put it out there that we was, but we wasn't. But it just so happened I just didn't have the mind to just uh, take up with men as far as being a man and a woman in a relationship. I had me and friends. We laughed and talked, talked about the Lord, stuff like that. And still until this day, I only been married that one time. And some days I look at that, I say, Lord, you had a purpose and a plan, and you still have a purpose and a plan. Because many women would have went on and then had two, three husbands by now. But you have to ask the right questions. You have to seek God's face with an honest, sincere, not with your flesh, wanting to hop in the bed and wallow around and have sex, because that's what that is. Love making is for married folks. Sex is for folks living together, boyfriend, girlfriend, because they shouldn't be doing that. You're sinning against your own body. But look what he went on to say over in verse 25. And they were both naked the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Did y'all hear that? They didn't know nothing about being naked. They was free. 
they were free. Didn't have nothing to worry about. Had a place to live, food. Didn't have to worry about clothes and shoes. Didn't really have to plant nothing. God had everything in place. Everything in here, the trees you see, is food. Go eat it. Only of the trees of evil and good don't touch. Y'all come on together. I'm going to make you one flesh. And they didn't know they was naked. I want to read a little bit further in chapter 3 of Genesis. Chapter 3 in verse 1. Now the serpent was more substance than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, have God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, I, I want you to know, as soon as you make up your mind to do right by God, as soon as you make up your mind to do right, to obey God, to walk according to his word, to apply his word to your everyday life, to treat others right, no matter how they treat you, you're going to remember you got to love your enemies. As soon as you go to the altar and say, I do and mean it, here come the enemy. Huh? Anybody know about that? Here comes the devil. Look what he told Eve. <laughs> Who help us all? Look what he told Eve. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, have God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. When clearly he told Adam, and she heard it too, all the trees in the garden enjoy, but this one tree, don't touch it. Now here come the devil with temptation. And look what, look now, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3 says, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And look, because the, the, the devil is not so much afraid of the word unless you obey in the word. You can quote it to him all day long, but if you obey it, that's when you have the problem. Verse 4 says, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. If that ain't like the devil, I'll pay for it. Yeah. For God, verse 5, For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. I didn't want to know it. <laughs> but Anthony, I didn't want to know that. I wanted to stay like I was in the garden. I wanted to eat of all the trees, but the tree of good and evil. God was supplying everything for me, Sister Dot. I'm in the garden. I ain't have to worry about nothing but just dressing the garden, you know, watering it, keeping the old plants. And I ain't have nothing to do during the day anyway in the garden. What was so hard about that? And then he didn't put that to me. He put it to Adam. 
He done made the woman, but he ain't gave the woman no work to do. He gave the work to Adam. Dress the garden, Adam. Keep it up. I don't want to know about no good and evil. But the devil brought that thing with full of temptations, and we're going to see if she couldn't resist. Verse 6 says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Do you see? And that's women. That's women all day long. Oh, this, this tree good to eat. Oh, and it, it looks so pretty. And I'm learning, oh, I'm learning some stuff. I'm knowing some stuff. She went on in there, took the fruit, ate it, and gave it to her husband. He ate it too. Verse 7 says, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Verse 8 says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Huh? You naked? <laughs> you don't know nothing about that. I didn't give you that. I gave you a place to live, food to eat, gave you a job. I gave you what you needed. What you talking about naked? You done dipped off into what you don't need. You done dipped off is what that's going to kill you spiritually and eventually kill you naturally. Again, this morning, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Verse 11 says, and he said, who told thee that thou was naked? This is what God said. And who, who, who told you that, Adam, that you was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? God knew we can't keep nothing from him. Today his eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. What you, what you hiding from God? Tell him about it because he see it already. He know it. He know the very intent of our hearts. But they don't went against what God said. Verse 12 says, And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. What? What are you talking about? Adam, I told you. Y'all can eat everything in the garden, but that tree right there, don't touch it. What you mean? When she brought that to you, you did not have to eat that. That's not something you had to eat. You ate that, Adam, because you wanted to. And listen how he presented it. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. That's no excuse. You're not getting by right there, Adam. You're not getting out. Yeah. 
God meant what he said and he said what he meant. But he going to make an excuse. The woman you gave to be with me gave to me. And I did eat. Well, you still ate. You shouldn't have ate. Yeah, you shouldn't have ate. And you would have been in the clear. God would have did a different thing. He would have did something different for you, Adam. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. My goodness, from Zion. I, I really didn't want to. I, I really didn't need to know. I really didn't need to know about the, the, the tree of good and evil. Yeah, I didn't I didn't need to know about that. I was good without it. Yeah. You see, so what I need you to do now <laughs> is watch what got to happen to you disobedience. God give us all we need as his people. He supply. He supply need according to his riches and glory by his son, Christ Jesus. But that's not good enough for us. We just got to, got to have more. We just got to chase after things. We just got to run after stuff. Uh, the Joneses got it. I want it. Uh, the people from the Church of God in Christ got it. I'm a member of First AME Baptist Church around the corner. I got to have it. No, I don't. Well, I, I got a 2013, and they just went and bought them a 2024 uh, uh, new car. But guess what? You don't know what them people got to go through to pay for that. The grass always look green on the other side from a distance. But once you step on over on the grass and you get to see, you see them brown spots, some patches over there, some places uh, sod won't fix. You can pack the sod in there. It's just going to die because it ain't going to never take root no more. The what caused the grass to grow is completely out of there. But you're looking from the other side and all you're seeing is green. Stand still and know that God is God. Stand still and know that I am God. Come unto me if you're burdened and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Not chasing after other people's stuff. Not doing what the world do. Not doing what your flesh want to be pleased with. That flesh is an ugly thing and it'll lead you straight to hell. It'll lead you straight to death. A physical and spiritual death. The flesh. Obey it and see what happens. We don't like the truth. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And my light. Because we need his guidance. And every now and then we need to go back to the old path and take a look around. Every now and then we need to go back to Genesis. Get in verse 1, get in verse 2, get in verse 3, and come on up through the book. Oh, yeah, he sent Jesus. 
He sent his love, his grace, and his mercy when he sent his son. He's the mediator between us and God. And he loves us like the Father loves us. But we should learn to love him back. We should learn to let the flesh die of all kind of things. It's not just fornicating. It's not just committing adultery. It's not just lying, cheating, and stealing. And I use those things because most people can relate. But it's many other things because we'll tell God without opening our mouth, it's my thing, I'm going to do what I want to do. But God don't hear the heart. Like he don't know the very intent of your heart. We come trying to come sideways like a sidewinder and include God in on our mess. Uh Uh-uh, he ain't included. He separated himself from that. He won't leave you, but that you're pulling, uh uh-uh, he's not going to be partaker. And he's keeping us alive until we come to ourselves because he has work for us to do. Many won't obey in the work. They can't know the work because they still please in the flesh. But when you let that flesh go, you're going to find out what God chose you for, what he called you to, what you thought you couldn't do, and what you can do. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. I had to let mine go in order to get God. I had to let my flesh go so that I could become evangelist Barbara. All my flesh stuff basically go. What I really, really like to do. I like that they hear more circular music than gospel music. What? You ever heard the Shy Lights? <laughs> I'm going way back on y'all. Some of y'all don't know about them boys. The Temptations. The OJs. What? The spinners. The list is endless. That's what I like to do. Smoke weed, drink wine. And then I could philosophize. You know, I could uh, tell you how things would come together. Foolishness. 100% nonsense. The mess unfogged my mind up. Because I'm putting spirits in my body. And these spirits, it's is got me going. And I'm thinking it's me, that's, <laughs> and I'm smart, you know. I, I'm me, and right now, while I'm high, I'm just too brilliant for the world. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I have to laugh at me, because that devil would get you out there on a limb and shake it so you can fall. Oh, he'll show you how to climb up the tree. But he going to show you how to get in a solid place in the tree and stand so when it, the limbs shake, you don't fall. So we need to go back to the old path as often as possible and take a look around. Go see the love of God in the book of Genesis. Now, they had to come out of there because now they no good and evil. You got to come out your safe, your, your comfort zone because you were disobedient. God gave you the little hooty. Yeah, he gave you a little RAV4, a little Toyota, 
And as you continue to be faithful, he'll give you the Cadillac SUV. He'll give you that Audi SUV, whatever you're seeking. He let you live in an apartment. But as you continue to seek him and obey him, he got a house over here. Whether you want to build it from the ground or you just want to buy one that's already built. He got it all worked out, but you come out being disobedient. Somebody said he was tired of waiting. Somebody said, God must not, I don't think he's going to do this for me. Yeah. So they took matters in their own hands. And that's something we do not want to do. We only want what God has for us. Hallelujah. The beginning of man. And we go back to these books to see the love of God for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes on him won't perish. That son now, believing on him, but have everlasting life. And it's all right this morning. In the name of Jesus. We're going to one more song of the morning. When we come back, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. Thank you, Jesus. Their hearts are free. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, Miss Vesta Goodman, the holy hills of heaven calls me. Yeah, I like that little number right there. God bless you, God bless you. Listen, so we're moving a little further. The studio is open. If there's anyone who have something they would like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one uh, and come in. Yeah, come in today and share with us. Maybe I said something this morning that you can relate to and uh, you want to expound on it or whatever, feel free to do it. Yeah. And uh, it is all right today in Jesus' name. I'm doing too many things this morning at one time, but I got to get it done. So I was reading and messing up on the reading. I said, just stop now. You're doing too much. Yeah, God is faithful. God is faithful. All right, Sister Dot, are you ready? Are you ready? Let me see where she went. Okay, right here. Are you ready, Sister Dot? Let's do the Bible question. Brother Anthony, we got some questions today. <laughs> I think I went in Saturday morning, Sister Dot, and uh, put the questions in the poll over there on Jesus in the Morning group and uh, on Facebook. And so I put these questions in. I have a website, but I don't really do a whole lot over there. I need to do more, and I think I'm going to try. But I have so much other stuff going on and just trying to stay on top of everything, you know, and get everything done. But this morning we have some Bible questions. And Sister Dot, your mic is open. Good morning to you. God bless you. How are you? Good morning to you and everyone. I'm good. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. So number one. Which prophet predicted the Babylonian captivity? Uh-huh. And the, the answer is Jeremiah. And yes, I found that in uh, Jeremiah 25 and through 11. Okay, you say Jeremiah 25 and 11. No, 9 through 11. Okay, yeah. I found it in Jeremiah 25 and 9. Yes, ma'am. You own it. You own it. All right. We're moving right along. Okay. What New Testament book recounts story of the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years? And... um, Okay. I found that in Acts, the answer is Acts chapter 13, 17 through 18. Okay, now I'm I'm finding something different. I got uh, the verse that states, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I got that for number three. Oh, well, I'd have messed up somewhere. You know me. Okay. All right. We'll take your number two. <laughs> we'll take your number two. Found in Acts again. What verse is this dot? Um, Acts 13, verse 17 through 18. Okay. All right. So number three. I tell you what. Hold on one. Wait a minute. Why do I have these all confused? All right. Anyway, anyway. I was moving too fast. I was moving too fast. 
I'm going to take a look at Romans right quick. Bear with me, Sister Dot. Bear with me. And somebody else may want to look in Romans as well. Okay. Wait a minute. I want to get there. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start having the scripture already up when we go to the next one. So we're on number three now. And go ahead with number three, Sister Dot. Um, the verse that states, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God is found in what chapter of Romans? And I have Romans three, chapter 3, verse 23. And that is correct. That is correct. Yep, that's what I have, Romans 3 and 23. And I'm going to look at it right here. It says, oh, I got Genesis. Wait a minute. Hold on. I never did click it over. Okay, Sister Dot. Yeah, because Romans uh, chapter 3 and verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That, that is the right one. So now you're moving on to number four. Yes. Okay, because I'm missing one. But all right, let's see what number four says. Go ahead, Sister Dot. Um, number four says, where did Peter make his confession of Christ? And okay. the answer I have is uh, Caesarea Philippi. Mm-hmm. And I found that well, it was I found it in three different books. Okay. The uh, the first one is Matthew 16, chapter 16, 13 through 20, and then Mark, chapter 8, 27 through 30, and then Luke, chapter 9. 18 through 21. Okay. Yeah, now I found it over in Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 29. Now that's where I found it. The towns of Philippi. Yeah, that's where I found number four. Okay, number five, Sister Dot. It says, where did Moses say, let me see what I, what did Moses say should happen to a man's wealth if he died leaving no sons behind? Um, the, answer, the answer I have is um, his wealth would go to his daughter. And mm-hmm. I found Numbers 20, chapter 27, verse 8. Okay. And that is correct, ma'am. That is correct. Now, let me ask you something. Did you, is that number, that's number four, isn't it, or number five? Number five. Okay, did you see this over there, according to Hebrews, what is hidden from God's sight? You didn't see that over there? Yeah, that's number six. Okay, and that's how I missed number number two. (laughs) I put a six one in there because I missed number two. Okay, so now did you did you get the answer to that one? Yes. Um, okay, what you, 
found that in who Hebrews chapter four, verse thirteen, and it reads, "Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do." Okay, so in other words, that in means other that... Words, Go ahead. Nothing here. You can't mm-hmm. hide nothing from God. Yeah. He sees all, he knows all, and he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. According to Hebrews, what is hidden from God's sight? Nothing. Absolutely nothing, nothing is hidden from his sight because his eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. So how could you hide something from him? And then on top of all of that, he knows the very intent of our hearts. Yeah. So there's nothing we can keep from him. That's why I say we may as well go and confess it to him. Sometimes we just keep going, don't say nothing. No, Lord, I'm going to tell you all about it. I did it, God. And Lord, I'm sorry. And Father, please forgive me for that. And, Lord, when that come back around, don't let it find me in the same place. Because I really don't want to be doing this out here. Yeah. Yep. So he know about our every move. He know about what we're going through, what we're doing, what we did, what we say we didn't do, what we said we wasn't going to do no more. And I know uh, during the New Year's, a lot of people make a lot of... uh, what they call them? They call them New Year resolutions. Right. I'm in commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I pray that the Lord help me to stay true to the commitments I made. Matter of fact, I was looking over them this morning, you know, and remembering that I want to pray more, study more, and, uh, you know, a few other things I, you know, asked the Lord to help me to do. In this new year, and not forget, not forget what I asked for, you know, uh, standing still and knowing that he's God, increasing my faith, you know, again, studying my Bible more, praying more, turning off things that don't or won't, you know, grow me in the things of God. Yeah, that that's it for my new year commitment, and I want to stick to it. And it's not always easy. And I can't just tell you, oh, you're going to do it. It's so easy to do. No, I, I can't promise you that. But we can do it. I know I can. So I'm continuing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Sister Dot. And uh, I thank God for you taking on the Bible questions. And uh, you get a right now. You get a right, Sister Dot. So I got to give you 100. I got to give you an A+. Plus. And uh, we've been going some days now. And today I try to get the next batch over there. And uh, some people may go back and take a look. Well, where did they get this from? Ask what? This and that? Well, I, I never read that. Or I read it and then forgot. Let me go back and look at that. And that's a good way for us to go in and out of scriptures, you know, and remember a few things. I remember when I started off, I used to tie a red string around my finger to remember scriptures. I'm just honest. And I will use that scripture for the whole day, Sister Dot. Okay. And that's how I learned. 
Yeah. And then the Lord begin to, you know, give me wisdom and I thank him for it. Yeah. So I'm in the book of Genesis and I just thought I'd bring that little bit out yesterday. I was reading and that just stayed with me. I said, well, Lord, I, I believe it's you speaking and I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. And so this week we're going to be talking about some things and some people may say, oh, I don't think they should be talking about that. I think they should have let that go. But I have never seen in all the days of my life, as many preachers that are fallen. There are a lot of fallen preachers. Or at least these people said they was pastors, preachers, bishops, this, that, and the other. But Brad Pitt told me something a while back. He said, you, you think there's something you're hearing about, uh, I forgot the man named Epstein, something like that. He said, this, well, this is Wait, say that again. Is it Weinstein? It could have been the man that they, they say he uh, hung himself in prison or something, in jail. Oh. Yeah. So I said to myself, what much more than this is coming out because of the Internet and people taking pictures and sending them uh to news stations, newspapers, and and when people investigate the stuff, it come out to be true. I was like, my goodness alive, I've never seen this. But I can tell you this, God will not be mocked. Whatever man soweth, that shall he also read. And if we think we're going to play with God out here and play with God's people, and keep doing that. We in for a rude awakening. I'm just here to tell you. Uh, some of the people was up. And they were preaching against homosexuality. But guess what? They were partakers. They had this one that he was with a 15-year-old boy. And took the boy to the mall and was doing inappropriate things. Mm. Took him to the creamery and some other place. I said, my goodness, uh, men uh, uh, got a mistress and a wife, you know. Uh, the wife uh, supporting the husband because he got the mistress pregnant. Now, let me tell y'all something. All of that, to me, spells money. No way. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it can't be done, and I'm not saying there are not some godly women who love their husband enough to forgive him for real and move on. But in 2024, I'm looking at some other things. And that is ridiculous. Because if you allow that, it's coming up again. Yeah, you're the true man of God, you say you were. How do you allow the enemy to come in like this? How do you allow that enemy to come in like that? I I promise you, and I think like this, if I find myself want to step out of God 
Let me tell you, I'm going to step out of them and leave people out. I'm not going to bring people in on my foolishness because I know better. But I don't think that there's a time that my mind wants me to step outside of God. I'm saved. I know I'm sanctified. I know I'm filled with his spirit. I know God is real. I know if I ask him, he's going to fix it. I know if I wait on him, he's going to fix it. I'm not going to keep trying the Lord. I'm not going to keep playing with the devil. Uh-uh. I can't straddle the fence. He said either you got to be hot or cold. Because if you're trying to be lukewarm, he'll steal you out of his mouth. See, and that's where we go back to Genesis and see the love of God. He made us for his pleasure. It pleased him to make man. I'm talking about almighty God that have all power, that so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. And the only way we should be up preaching and teaching is if we have the spirit of God living in us and we know it. And we're allowing him to be at work in our daily lives. That's the only way we should be up before the people. I know I'm not right, and I'm going to come here. No, that's not me. Yeah. Spirits leap and jump. And people that go to church, taking their children, mine can't go to children's church. Mine got to sit on the pew with me. Yeah, I can't send you back there to children's church. And the pastor nephew raping my daughter and molesting my son. No, I can't have that. The devil live at the house of the Lord. And he gets in where he can fit in. I'm just telling you the truth. And in 2024, I wouldn't trust the police, not with my children. I wouldn't trust the president, not with mine. No, you can't trust granddaddy, grandma. I don't trust nobody, not with my children. And that's scripture. Trust no man. And you have to watch over children. You can't just keep them. Some of you babies say, I'm keeping some kids. No, you got to watch over children. Because today, every opportunity the evil one gets, he coming in after your child. And he will use the closest thing to you because the closest thing should be easy to get in. Shante and I was having a conversation and she was telling me this, that they interviewed some pedophiles, as they call them. And the one told them that when they meet a woman, they get to the children, they find a woman that there's no man in the house. He said that's the easiest way to get the children. But if there's a man presence there, it's not easy. That's why sometimes married folks have to stay together. They don't like each other no more. Love done went out the door, they say, and they just don't like each other even. But you have to make it work to keep your children safe. The man don't want to bow down and do what's right. He's, he's selfish because he won't all that he can get from the wife, but he don't really have nothing to get. He don't hear her. 
He don't pay her no attention. He out here getting all he can. Children suffering, he don't see that. Because he's too busy getting for himself. But a good father may have to stay with a bad mama to keep the children safe. A good mama may have to stay with a bad daddy to keep the children safe. Now, I'm not talking about God to people because it's not going to happen. Because you're praying. And if that husband acting a pure donkey, you're going to put him on the altar. You're telling God about it. But your conversation got to be holy. You can't be acting a donkey with your husband and then want him to respect you. And you acting like a woman in the world. He's not going to do that. If anything, he'll be telling himself, oh, no, don't mess with uh, Barbara because you know she'll cuss you out. She'll go to church Sunday and Sunday night she'll cuss you out. Because many is doing that. Many say, Jesus, 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 and by this evening, they, they they cheating on the husband or cheating on the wife. They done cussed somebody out. They went to McDonald's and even act a pure fool. So we watching as well as praying. And we are being careful. And we watching over our children. Mm-mm. Nope. If they're under 18, we watching them. If they're 17, we still watching them. Now you can't hang out with Henry and them. Uh, 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 and them because they, 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 they not put a right thing and, and their parents let them do whatever. I don't let you do whatever, so I don't need you hanging out with them because you may get some ideas and you might want to come and try that in here and then you're going to send me to prison for you. And it, it don't have to be because I'm not going to let you hang out with them so you're tempted to send me to prison. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's going to go. But we got to watch as well as pray. And um, we pray for each other. We love each other. And we love all believers, all true Christians. We love them, followers of Christ. We ain't talking about these people who say they're Christians and they can do anything they're big enough to do. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So we're saying that they true Christians, the saints of God, the people of God, the children of God. They are believers. Yeah, we're praying for one another. And listen, these people that have fallen, we are praying for them. Because if God called them and the enemy came in to defeat them and defeated them, we need to pray them back, restore such a one. So we're praying for them. Yeah. That the Lord would bless them and give them their right mind back. Because I know people may not believe it, but the enemy can snatch your mind. Got to watch as well as pray. Have you doing some weird stuff around here, some crazy stuff? And you think you're on the right path. Yeah. But again, it's more. Oh, have a, have a blessed God today too, Sister Dot. God bless you this morning. <laughs> I just saw you this message. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone else have something they would like to say? Please feel free uh, to press that number one, and I'll bring you right in this morning. I'm missing nobody. All right. 
We're going to one more song of the morning, and when we come back, if no one have anything they would like to say, I will pray us out, and we pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. All right, y'all, I'm looking for it. All right, right here.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, Bishop Roberson and Power Lord. <laughs> Bishop tickled me many days, but I thank God for him. Thank God for him. Thank God for the harp he played. He used to be in the world. He used to play nightclubs and stuff like that, and Bishop got saved, gave his life to the Lord, and come on in. Yeah, God made him a bishop. Uh, good morning to you, Brother Anthony. God bless you this morning. Sister Dot, again, good morning. God bless you. And uh, Sister Rita, good morning. God bless you. Yeah, I was feeling it, Sister Rita, like a little more sleep this morning. <laughs> but once I got going, going, then I woke on up at it. So I'm good. All right, Brother Anthony, coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you? Good morning. Everybody got blessed. Miss Bob, first of all, I want to give God thanks for waking me up this morning and thank God for life, health, and strength. Keeping me in my right mind, allowing me to see another day I've never seen before. Thank you for the activity of my limbs. And I thank God for who He is to me, what He's doing in me, where He brought me from, where He's taking me at. And it's blessed to be here another day and able to hear y'all voice. And I'm blessed and that y'all being able to hear mine as well. And I'm in good health. As well, uh, you know, I just thank God for what He's doing, and uh, just, just all I can do is just tell Him thank you, cause you know, it, everything going on these days and you know situations, you know, but yet I'm still here and I'm in my right mind. Uh, I'm not outside homeless or anything like that, and I, I pray for the, the people that are less fortunate. And I ain't bragging, but you know I just see what God's blessing me and had His hand over me. So you know I got to give God thanks and let Him know that I'm thankful and grateful for what He's doing. So you know I just blessed about that, and uh, uh, I kind of wanted to say something too. You know I just think about what you were saying about you know the all uh, uh, this. Everything was going on in social media, and, you know, with his ministers and stuff and all that, you know, and the Lord let you know he's going to expose whatever needs to be exposed. And so you ain't going to get away with it, you know, and, man, it's in his word. His word don't change, so I don't, you know, I don't get that part where they think they're going to get away with it. But, you know, it's like you said, Ms. Barbara, we got to pray for him and, you know, kind of make me think about, I don't want to put it exactly like that, but, you know, maybe I say how, you know, how David was, you know, and, you know, David did wrong, you know, even though it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, with another, a child or anything like that, or same sex or whatever, but, you know, he did wrong, and, and God forgave him, you know, and he, God still punished him, though, yeah, remember that, God still punished him, took a child, you know, for him being with Bathsheba, and killing, uh, the husband, you know, but God still, you know, had mercy upon us to a certain extent. So, you know, that just let us know, you know, even in that, we got to have uh, uh, mercy and know that, you know, we can't just, you know, speak bad about the person because, you know, we don't know what they're going through. What they went through is their childhood, everything, you know, and, and that's a lot of that got to do with, you know, some things that go on like that, it got to do with, what they went through as a child or, you know, what they came in contact as a child growing up, you know, and you know, we never know. So, so us as believers, as Christians, we need to pray for them and pray that they get healed and delivered and 
pray for our children and the, the rest of the children, and that's the way her coming in. You know, we stand in touch and agreeing, and we two or three gather together in prayer. You know, what the word says, you know, we pray for the, a lot of people. So, so we, us as believers, that's what we got to do. We just continue to pray for them and so, pray for our children and try to walk the walk that we can walk right away and so, not judge, but, you know, have mercy, I would say. Yeah. I'm with you when you're right, Brother Anthony. We do. We have to pray for them. But, you know, I know they know it's wrong. I know they know it is wrong because of this. If it wasn't wrong, why are you hiding it? You bring everything else out in the open, but you're hiding this stuff over here that you're doing that you know it's not right. And what you need to do is find a true believer and go to them and say, look, you know, you, you've been watching their life. You know they good to go. And you go to them and you say, listen, I got, I, I want to talk to you about something. But I don't need my business in the street now. Not because I'm hiding per se, but I'm praying and asking God to help me with this problem. So I'm coming to you and I'm asking you for help. I'm asking you to touch and agree with me and pray about this that God fully deliver me, you know, you know my position in the church. And I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down, but I need your prayers until God deliver me and then I can get back up. Now, if that's a true believer, they're going to call another believer without giving no names, no information on the person, none of that. And they're going to ask that we all touch and agree for them. Keep them on the altar. Somebody may stand in the gap for them. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't want to spread it around, you know, and they don't come and ask us to pray for them. That means they're serious. They they want this thing to go because they're not telling nobody their secrets. Yeah. So we want to be in prayer for them. There's a, a, another brother, Jamal Bryant, and they always got some stuff. Uh, they're talking about with this man. So I'm praying for him. You know, if, if all of these accusations are true, Lord, deliver your preacher. If you chose this man as your preacher, if you called him as your preacher, God, deliver this man. Set him free. Because, see, I'm not used to this, and I'm not going to get coming in this and just accept this and just keep it going. No, no. What I heard about, you heard about this and fail. What I, I read about that one. Now, I'm not going to get comfortable with it. Because if you didn't know it was wrong, you would not hide it. You would be wide open. Yeah. But see, the scriptures say, if they teach any other gospel, other than the gospel of them that God sent to teach, to, 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 to declare his word and to write it down, he inspired man to write his word. If they bring any other gospel, let them be accursed. So sometimes you can't pray for them. All you can, well, you can, but all you can say is, Lord, have mercy. If you can say that. Because God has spoken. He already said what he meant, and he meant what he said. We pray for them. 
But God is going to have his way. And just like Brother Anthony said, David did wrong. He went over there and got the man's wife and knew that was that man's wife. See, he sneaked and did it. See, he knew it was wrong because if he didn't know it, he was wrong. Why didn't he invite it through the palace door so everybody could see? No, he was up to no good. And God know he knew better. See, it's one thing not to know, but it's another thing to know. Kill Uriah. Found out Bathsheba pregnant, sent for Uriah. Uriah come, he gets him drunk, this and that. Try to force him to go home to leave with his wife. He wasn't having it. So he saw he wasn't going to win. Sent the man on back out there to die. Kill him. Yeah. And if uh, I, I, I tell you, and just like you said, Brother Anthony, he didn't let that baby live. David had to pay the price, the death of his child. Oh, I bet that got him. Oh, I know that got him. That's why the word said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Yeah, because you guess what? We think beating people up, shooting people, that's going to do something. No, that, that's nothing. God got the perfect punishment. He know better than we could ever know what the greatest punishment for that person would be. And I know, we, I know it got David bad. Yeah. Because his son had to die because of what he did. And he, he really thought he had got away with something. Here come the prophet Nathan. My goodness, I'm glad. Here come the prophet to tell you. Ooh. And I know when he got through, saw the counter. I know David was shaking in his boots. Yeah, because I didn't get away with nothing. God saw it all. Saw what I did to Uriah. Saw what I did to Bathsheba. Because it all started with her. All them concubines and wives he had. That's all Uriah had was his wife. And you won't go over there and mess with that. Go over there and take that from him and then kill him to have it. My goodness, I'm dying. Ended up you didn't have it. Yeah. You had her for a wife, but the son died. My goodness. Yes, goodness of God. So we have to be careful. And I hope and pray, Lord, I don't never slip up like that against you. I don't never be fake with your people. And, Lord, don't ever try to be fake with you because I know I can't. No way. His eyes are never placed beholding the evil and the good. And, again, we're going to pray for these people. But like Brother Anthony said, punishment got to come. Punishment got to come. He said, if we sow it to the flesh, we're going to reap it to the flesh. If we sow it to the spirit, we'll reap it to the spirit. Now, that's what God said. Barbara didn't say that. Yeah. And I can't undo what God done did. Hallelujah. Good morning, Brother D. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning, Sister Sion. God bless you this morning. Yeah. So we just we just feel bad. I, I do. I'm not used to that. I know what's going on because there's nothing new under the sun. I know it's been going on. 
But the way God is allowing exposure to come today, let me tell you something. If I was a fake preacher, I'd get somewhere and sit down. I would just have to walk away. But a lot of times, it's the money. It's the feel of power they have. They got all these people following them. You know what I'm saying? They got a a large congregation. Because a lot of people don't know no better. And and these people coming with all these uh, witty things and to sound good to their flesh, because that ain't the spirit of God with the craziness in this house. And I'm here to tell you. But all that sound good to their flesh, so they hang out. They stay right on over there with it. Or her. No, I can't do it. I know better. Yeah, I go to the house of prayer and God is not there. I'm not going to be there either. I see changes in my bishop. He done started talking with and talking crazy. No, I got to go bishop because I know that ain't God. Thank you. But as long as he remains the same, and this man don't never change. He's the same way. Down to earth. I've seen him try to get up and be, uh, please everybody in the building. You know, I, I've seen that. And dead in the middle, sinner said, oh, <laughs> I have laughed. Yes, I have. I have had to laugh after looking at Bishop. He's going to get up in Bishop, and God changed it right there. Right there. He's going to come from this and that. God changed the whole thing. But he's a man who studied. The word of God. And he's a praying man. And he is a true prophet. Yes, he is that now. Mm-hmm. If he tell you something, you can bank on it. And then go right on out the door, uh, not expecting no pat on the back, none of that. Just down to earth, plain and simple. <laughs> mean what he say, say what he means. Get the job done. Yeah, I love him, and I love his wife, Pastor Jackie Doe. Hallelujah. So, yeah, and then um, I know some of us, I mean, a lot of us are out of town. So uh, we won't be able to make it. But February 24th, I'm having a, a celebration church service at my church, uh, 2979 Spencer Street in Jacksonville, Florida. It's off of McDuff Avenue. So I'm having a birthday church service. And uh, if you can make it, come on, because we're going to church up in there. Yeah, I don't want to just, every year I have a birthday and then people taking me out to celebrate my birthday. They paying for my food and they bringing me gifts and sending me cards and this and that. I want to lift up the name of Jesus this year for my birthday. It's on the 27th, which is that Tuesday. So I figure the 24th, I lift him up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and I plan on serving some refreshments over there. Yeah, so y'all come on. They can come, and uh, let's get together and lift up the name of Jesus. I said I wasn't going to announce it, but I said, yeah, some people from out of town might want to come. Yeah, and they may be able to make it that Saturday. So I decided to go on and uh, announce it. God bless you this morning. Thank God for each and every one of you. Thank God for Brother Jermaine this morning. He came and uh, gave us a testimony. He did what he could for us now. Yeah. And so we thank God for that. And that's what I like. 
I, I, I don't like fixed up, pumped up, all of that. Just come on and do what God said. When, when uh, Elder Moffat came, he said that was his prayer that morning. He got that when he was praying. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, no, I'm not coming to say nothing. I was just coming to listen. And so far what I heard, it was good. I said to myself, no, you ain't coming to listen. You coming to say something. God ain't going to have you coming over here listening when he got a word in your mouth. Yeah. And so we thank God for the way he moved. Well, I don't know how he moved in other places, but we let God have his way over here. Yeah, and February 16th, I'll be over in Bushnell, Florida, because the military is going to put Brother Louis away. And so I'm going over there to be part of that uh, homegoing celebration uh, for Brother Louis. And I get to see Sister Sherry. And I get to see the grandson, Stephen, and the granddaughter, Kimmy. And I may get to see Mr. Mason. Yeah, that's Brother Louis' grandson. So I'm thankful unto the Lord that God blessed me uh, to know Louis all that time and to know that Louis truly loved me. He truly loved me. He was here every morning. 14 years? That's a long time, y'all. We're going into 14. So I thank God. I thank God. And I give him the glory the honor and the praise. So, look, we out of here. Uh, uh, good morning, Jazzy. God bless you this morning. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. So we're going to pray out, and we pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And if you go to the podcast, uh, where the archive, you'll get to see uh, what the next day show topic is. And so after the show, uh, Sister Di, I'm going in and try to put those quiz questions in there for you. And uh, I'm going to take my time so that I don't have a number two for a number six. Yeah. <laughs> and it will be all right in Jesus' name. God bless you, Brother Anthony, for the testimony and for sharing with us this morning. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. All right, Sister Irene, why didn't I say good morning to Sister Irene? Did I miss that number? I must not have gone up the ladder. Good morning, Sister Irene. Enjoy yourself. Don't worry about a thing. Take your time with everything. Get you some good rest and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, she's out on a camping trip, she said. So we thank God this morning. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you for your word this morning. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, thy word is settled in heaven. And Father, we thank you today. We thank you that you watch over us, you keep us from all hurt, harm, or danger. No calamity shall come nigh our dwelling. We thank you for understanding, we thank you for knowledge, and we thank you for wisdom. Father, we thank you this morning for all you've done, what you're doing right now, and what you're going to do. We give you glory for Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. But Father, if we'll trust you with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding, in all our ways we acknowledge you, you're going to direct our path. Help us today not to be wise in our own eyes. Father, help us to fear you and depart from evil. And Lord, teach us how to wait. Teach us how to wait on you and strengthen us as you're teaching us how to wait. God, as we're waiting, 
Strengthen us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that patience can have her perfect work so that we'll be entire and wanting nothing. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Bless our family and friends near and far. Father, bless those touch and heal those that are sick and under the weather, not feeling good. God, no matter what the doctor has diagnosed, we know you got the last word over your people. Father, you took a beating for the healing of the nation, and we know that you heal all manner of sickness and disease. And by your stripes, we are already healed this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. Father, bless those that are incarcerated, those that are in every branch of the military. Father, bless widowers and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people everywhere, Israel and Jerusalem. Lord, our brothers and sisters overseas everywhere, preachers, Father, this morning, we ask that you would bless in the precious name of Jesus. And God, we ask that you would bless the leadership of our country. Lord, fix their hearts and regulate their minds. And, Lord, let them know that you're almighty God. You're the one that's in charge. All you the H God. You're the head God. Hallelujah. Without you, we can't make it. Ah, they'll make many mistakes if they're not led and guided by you. Help today in the name of Jesus. Again this morning, bless every caller and every listener, those coming through the podcast and the archives. Move today, God, in a mighty way for your people. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. February the 5th. 2024 in Jesus name. So at this time I'm going to say bye bye. Again have a blessed day. We're going to our last song of the morning. Let me see which one we're going to do today. Alright, let's close out with this one.